Boosh Podcast. Hi, welcome to Amuse Boosh Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Jordan. Joining me this week is my friend John Charles Holmes. He is a writer and cartoonist from Richmond, Virginia, but he's currently living in Chicago. Say hi. Hello, all you wonderful people out there in podcast land. You are beautiful today. <laughs> oh, well, he's so kind. Uh, so what did you eat this week? What did I eat this week? Let me think. See, it's, it's funny. Like You can see how small I am. I always forget to eat during the week. Um, well, today I did have nachos. Um, nachos? Yeah, it was out walking around and I stopped by Fresh Market to get some lunch. And uh, I was looking at sushi and then I accidentally like dropped the box in my hand. Not like on the floor, but like I dropped it and I caught it and it looked really bad because I was thinking about getting sushi. And I had to tell a sushi chef, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I, I dropped this, and it looks bad now, and he fixed it. And then I grabbed some sushi, and then they had a nacho station, I was like, oh man, I want some nachos now. But I don't want to put this sushi bag after I dropped that one, and that guy saw me do it, and he's still standing there. So I, I bought both the nachos and the sushi, so I ate nachos today, and then... Uh, a little earlier this week, I made some homemade Korean barbecue. I had some... Oh, cool. Yeah, I had some marinade, and I just kind of had... I got some, like, um, some chopped suey from the grocery store, some beef. Let it marinate, put some uh, peppers, some onions, did it up, put it on some rice, and ate that for dinner and for lunch the next day, too. It's, like, it's probably, like, the biggest thing I really kind of ate this week, I guess. Mm-hmm. I made a stew-slash-chili thing. Um, I had these, these sweet potatoes I needed to use up. And I had some kale and some canned beans and some tomato sauce. So I put that all in my slow cooker. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of silly because I didn't prep anything the night before. So I just was like, okay, I'll just do it. As soon as I get home, I'll put it on and I'll put it on high and it'll take like four or five hours. So then I can put it away, which was during D&D. Mm-hmm. So I was like, after d and I can put the food away so that it's ready for tomorrow for lunch and then I can just reheat it for dinner the next night. But then at some point, I ac- I guess I unplugged my slow cooker. Oh. <laughs> so it like, but it, it was pretty early on too in the cooking process because I think I can remember when I, I, I unplugged it. So then I, it was like 10 p.m. and I was like, well, no, I think it was actually closer to midnight. Like, well, I guess if I put it on low, I can just like let it cook all night mm-hmm. and then turn it off in the morning. So I did that. But then I was running late in the morning, so I was like, uh, I'll just put it on, on on keep warm all day, and then when I get home, I'll put it away. So how did it turn out? I mean, it was really mushy, but the flavor was really good. Like, it was mm-hmm. fine. I mean, like, you can't go wrong with sweet potatoes. Like, honestly, half the time recipe calls for potatoes. I usually just use sweet yeah. potatoes. It, it changes things up, and it makes it look nice, too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I put, like, uh, you know, like, chili spices in it. I did so. I did the kale at the end. Like I'd already done the stew, and then like the next night, I sautéed the kale and put it in because that that wasn't in the slow cooker mm-hmm. for two days. Um, but it came out all right. That was my first time using my slow cooker, and I feel like overall it was not. Oh yeah, you got that for Christmas, didn't you? I did. Yes, nice. I got. I already had like a little one, but I didn't have a big one for making big batches of things. Mm-hmm. Like this, this one of my goals this year. Not really like a resolution, but just. I really want to get into the habit of eating more fruits and veggies and prepping larger meals to eat throughout the week, mm-hmm. uh, both as like a money-saving measure, but also I'm trying to produce less fruit, less food waste. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of bad about that, but now I'm like trying to get in a better habit of like freezing portions and, you know, not forgetting to bring my lunch to work the next day and eating more leftovers. 
That's what I did this week. <laughs> and I made cookies with cardamom in you them. You always make cookies, though. Yes, I always make cookies. Those cookies are really good, though. We, we kind of did eat them all. <laughs> did you eat them all? Um, Almost. We, almost. Me and, me and Hannah were talking about that, and um, we, just, we just kept eating them. It's like, well, you know, they're going to be here for, like, three days, so, like... They're not going to be as fresh, so we, we might as well <laughs> eat them eat now them when they're at their best. So we, I ate, we ate a lot of them. I think I ate like two-thirds of them already. Mm -hmm. They're pretty good, though. They're good cookies. It was a, a recipe from Dory Greenspan's book, Dory's Cookies. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the new chocolate chip cookie recipe, which has nutmeg and cardamom in it. And I'd never used cardamom before in cookies. I think Sarah and I even talked about that in uh, her podcast episode, which was, I think, two ago, as of the time this will have aired. I think it was episode five. Mm-hmm. And she makes cookies with cardamom in them. And I was like, I don't think I've ever had cardamom. Or I like can't identify the spice. Like if you put it in front of me, I'd be like, oh yeah, I've had that. But mm -hmm. I wouldn't know it by name. But I had I bought cardamom and I uh, pureed it in my... Uh, food processor? Not my food processor. I did it in my coffee grinder. Oh. Uh, which okay. worked out really well. Because I did not want to lug my entire food processor out for like this tiny amount of mm -hmm. cardamom. And that worked out really well, and it made them, they were, they were real good. Yeah, I was they were surprised. super fragrant cookies. Yes, I was very happy with them. All right, so what do you want to talk about? Well, I mean, if we have time to hit a couple of things, I'm okay with talking about some snacks. Cause boy, you love boy. snacks? Yeah, I, I really like snacks. All right, what's your favorite snack? Okay, like my favorite snack. Like you want like the number one. How favorite about snack. Pick, like favorite like sweet snack? Favorite savory snack? Favorite. Okay. Um, if that helps. No, you, that, like... that's that's fine. I mean, like, I guess when it comes to sweet. Top five snacks. If there is like a sweet snack that I really like a lot, um, it's this. It's this one particular snack you just kind of can't like. You just can't get it anymore, and like, gosh, like. I feel like everything that I end up loving just invariably disappears. Like, I'll be watching NBC and be like, oh, this community show is pretty cool. Oh, wait, it's going to get canceled three times. Oops. Oh, no, this arcade's really awesome. And I just found it. What do you guys mean you're closing in a week? Like, it's always nothing <laughs> I love sticks around, including this snack, which is like, it's an old school snack. But have you ever heard of um, Screaming Yellow Zonkers? Mm -mm. This is a dentist nightmare of a snack because what it is is that it's a... Uh, it's this candy-coated popcorn, so it's kind of got, like, this yellow, like, candy stuff on it. So, like, it, it doesn't taste like caramel corn. It's just really sweet corn, and uh -huh. it's yellow, and it's really good. It's, it's like, if... When you say candy-coating, do you mean, like, the candy-coating on an M&M? Uh, no. God, no. That would be, like, eating glass. Um, <laughs> it, like, it's... Styrofoam and glass. It's a lot like caramel corn, but it's not caramel, so you don't get that... It's don't not get buttery. That, it is kind of like like if 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 uh what's what's a cereal you gotta have my pops um corn pops yes it's like if corn pops I I know I couldn't think of it it's literally just popcorn backwards if corn pops <laughs> were like a sweet snack that you would eat at say a baseball game or something that's what uh screaming yellow zonkers would be and like my favorite part about screaming yellow zonkers was that they came in the single coolest box. I've ever seen. The whole box is just solid black, and there's an illustration of a piece of popcorn on it, and it's just yelling, eat! It just says, eat! And it has stuff written all over the box where it's like, oh, these are screaming little zonkers. They're delicious, you know, but but don't don't throw them at your kids. Don't play with your cats. Don't get them wet. Don't feed them after midnight and all this stuff. And like, on the bottom of the box, it would say, this is the bottom of the box. If you're reading this, you're holding your box upside down, and you've probably dropped all your screaming little zonkers <laughs> on the ground. And just every side of the box had a different joke all over it. 
I was really into these when I was in middle school, so I was like uh-huh. 13, and I was such a dweeb. That's such a 13-year-old I know, snack. But, well, I did the total 13-year-old thing, and I love these boxes so much that I saved every box <laughs> from every box of Spring Yellow Zonkers I ate. So I think, I think still in my like room back in Richmond, I still have like three or four of these identical empty Screaming Low Zonker boxes left over because the box was just so cool. It's just such a cool I'm going to have to look it up after oh, this. Oh, definitely. Like, I, I think it's one of those things where, like, I think it's what the box used to be like in, like, the 70s, and then they changed it to, like, a weird cartoon man with a big yellow nose in the 90s, and then in the 2000s when retro was, like, cool again, they just switched it back to the eight, to the 70s style box, but it's still a really cool box, and I've noticed there's a trend again in like cereal boxes right now of making them look really retro. Yeah, again. well, they bring them back. I really like it. No, I do. I think I think uh, I think it's like Target who mostly does that because like Target's all about having exclusive packaging for their stuff because mm-hmm. like they 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 own, I guess they own like the rights to like Andy Warhol art and like Breakfast at Tiffany's the movie and stuff. So they just have everything just like old '60s style thing to say like, hey, remember how cool design was in the '60s? Target remembers. <laughs> all the cereal boxes are like that too. Yeah, like I remember there was a really good Lucky Charms box in 2016. It was really cute. Mm-hmm. And Wheaties have always had a very retro looking box. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've even like changed that. They just put a different it's... sportsman on the cover. Yeah, and it's or always like the woman. same it's like blue and orange color scheme mm-hmm. and white cereal boxes. There's some great design on cereal boxes in general. Like I, I love it's well one they're a huge canvas. If you think mm-hmm. about the, the 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 size of a cereal box compared to a lot of other things in grocery stores, mm-hmm. they're enormous. And then I love like the novelty cereals like. There was a BB-8 cereal that came out Gosh, but <laughs> when, when the Star Wars of Force, The Force Awakens. Is that, that what that's yeah, yeah, called? Yeah, it is, it is. Yeah, there were, I got a BB-8 cereal. That was pretty mm-hmm. good. <laughs> so you're opening a whole Pandora's box. I should have warned you, too. Like, I could literally talk about cereal for hours. Cereal. And, like, those, those, new, those new character box cereals, there's, there's something about them that, like, it's not, it doesn't remind me of, like, the cereals we had when we were kids, because now, like, there's this trend with characters where they don't even put, like, a name on the thing it is. They just put their face as big as possible, I guess, because, uh-huh. like, kids can't read, but they'll they'll know Moana when they see her, or they'll know the lion from Madagascar. Yes. Like, I want those Shrekos. Mother, mother, buy me these Shrekos. I need <laughs> them. But uh, I, I remember, like, when we were kids, like, you'd... you'd they go all in on those cereals. Like, I remember, like, a Pokemon cereal, and I vaguely the, the marshmallows were, like, cereal. Pikachu, Jigglypuff. Oh, wait, yes, Toka I remember this, shapes. maybe, yeah. Yeah, like, the cereals were, it was, like, a special big I remember the meal. Jiggly, maybe a Bulbasaur in there, maybe? M- maybe, it was, well, it's, we say Bulbasaur, but what that just translates to was a, a, a green blob, circle. Yeah, a green blob with, like, three triangles on it. I definitely remember the Jigglypuff and the Pikachu, for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have Oreo O's? Oh, my gosh, like, Oreo O's. Remember how I said everything I love just doesn't stick around? Oreo, o- it's, Oreo it's O's are on this list. Although they still sell them in Korea, I do believe. I believe you can still get them in Korea. It's so funny. My my parents never bought them, but my grandparents on my dad's side, mm-hmm. anytime we went to go visit them, they always had a box Dude, of Oreo O's is, in the pantry. That's totally the kind of cereal that your parents won't buy you, but then grandparents buy it for you just yes. because you're visiting. I feel like I literally went to their house last year. And I swear there was a box of Oreo O's still in the cabinet. <laughs> it might have been the same one from several years earlier. It's very possible. 
But, like, it's very possible that it was the exact same box of Oreo O's that mm-hmm. we were eating every time we went to visit. And, like, we were the only ones who it ate it. It was, like, the best dry cereal snack, too. It was like, really good dry. Because some cereals were much better dry than they I are agree. wet. And Oreo O's were the perfect dry cereal. Because, like, eating them wet, like, the pieces were huge and they were really, like, craggly. So, for, like, a child, it was literally, like, eating coal with diamonds in it but you know like you'd have, <laughs> little, what it looked like, too. Like you'd have like a little snack bag like the half size snack bags in like first grade and you keep it in your desk and just kind of like pop them in during math class yeah and i feel because they were o-shaped they weren't as hard to eat and by hard i mean like tear up your mouth as mm-hmm. like cocoa puffs which are like humongous or Captain crunch which is literally made out of glass yes which just shreds your mouth but you can't stop because it tastes so good mm-hmm. My favorite novelty cereal that I ever got as a kid was, it was a small box of Powerpuff Girls cereal. I kind of remember that one. And I think the the packaging had like metallic foil on it. I'm actually pretty sure I did get this cereal. It didn't have marshmallows in it to my memory, but it did get like, it was like Pop Rocky. So like mm-hmm. it like popped in your mouth and it was supposed to be like them fighting in your mouth. That like, can't be FDA things. approved nowadays. <laughs> no, but it was like pop rocks in your mouth and it was so good and I thought it was the coolest thing because it's literally like that's candy. Like mm-hmm. that's that's not. Oh breakfast. no, some some cereals are like most definitely candy. And it was also a smaller box and I remember being really expensive. Mm-hmm. But I was super into Powerpuff Girls the t- at the time when that cereal came out, which would have been like I think it would have been like third or fourth grade. Maybe fifth grade. Yeah, that was like the year, like, I think Power of Girls started in like 2000, I think. Maybe 2001. Yeah. 2000, yeah. Maybe I think I was older. I don't. It was, the turn of the, it was the turn of the millennia. It, it was around 2000. Uh, but I was super into that, that cereal. And I kind of wish I could find it still. Because mm-hmm. I'd like to try it again. It's That's definitely like novelty cereals from your kids. Definitely one of those things where I'm like, this is something I would like to try as an adult to see how it holds up yeah, to Yeah, because sometimes those cereals are just like absolutely foul. But like, you know, as a child, you had to eat them because either you were so obsessed with the character it was, you tried to convince yourself it was good, or your parents said, well, you don't get another cereal, so that box is empty, so you better start eating <laughs> it. I actually have to wonder if like when they have those cereals, if they... if if they get rid of those recipes or if they just kind of wait six or seven years then put them back in rotation as uh-huh. a different character. Yeah. Because I have seen that happen sometimes where people people have said like, oh my gosh, the, these, the Shrek cereal is actually this thing or whatever. Or like, I, I, discovered they, I discovered they remade Waffle Crisp. It's just not called Waffle Crisp anymore. What is it? It's called Good Mornings, like M-O-R-E-dash-ings. Good Mornings. And it's... it's not called a Waffle Crisp, and it looks like it's marketed towards adults, but it's Waffle Crisp. That sounds good. They just quietly brought Waffle Crisp back. Did you know that Corn Pops, I think it's Corn Pops, are different in the in Canada and the United States? As in it's a different cereal? Or is it yes. like a, it's like a different sugar cereal. corn syrup thing? It's no, it's like you know here they're like they're like little styrofoam balls. They're yeah. yellow. They're not like ball balls though. They're like shaped it, it's, like a it's piece popcorn. of popcorn. It's popcorn. It cereal. looks like a a piece of popcorn, and it has like that sugar coating on it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of shiny. Yeah. In Canada, they look exactly like like peanut butter crunch. Like they're like the they're like like a cocoa puff mm-hmm. shape. They're completely round and like uniform in color. Like kicks. They look like little styrofoam balls. That's what their corn pops are. Interesting. They're completely different. I don't, I think the only cereal I had in Canada was that when I was there was uh, Rice Krispies, and you, you can't really mess that up. It's literally <laughs> it's just, just exactly rice. But I have to, I have to actually specifically look for uh, corn pops when I go up for for tea. God, I loved 
Fruity Pebbles and uh, God, there's so many good cereals like Lucky Charms, Fruity Pebbles. Now, see, my thing about Fruity Pebbles, Pebbles. I love Fruity Pebbles. I wish another company had a competitor Fruity Pebbles because the only thing I don't like about them is how they're flat. I wish they weren't flat. Oh, I don't mind them being flat. I mean, they, they get they get so soggy so quickly, and then they stick to the yeah, roof of your mouth because they're so flat. And I kind like, of like really soggy fruity pebbles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, and it's so funny that that Flintstones like themed cereal has gone on for so long because mm-hmm. like kids don't watch. Well, maybe kids watch Flintstones. Well, maybe, they do yeah. watch Flintstones. It's just instead of it being like ripoffs of the honeymoon, literally they just get help from John Cena to solve their problems. <laughs> Like, is Flintstones still on the TV? Mmm, I don't think they've had a Flintstones show in a while. They have a lot of straight-to-video things. And they're, I don't know if you've seen this, but I think, I want to say it's DC, it might be Dark Horse, has this reboot of the Flintstones where it's... I don't oh, I know what s- you're talking Yeah, about. I don't want to say it's dark and gritty, but like, it's... They look, they're like drawn super realistically. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the dark and gritty Flintstones, and it's... It's kind of stupidly awesome. It works, actually. <laughs> Surprisingly. I just remembered uh, fruity, like, uh, Flintstones gummies vitamins, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, those are still around. Yeah, that's what I always say, and I'm just kind of like, remember? oh, I was sick. I just, I was feeling sick, so I just took a fistful of uh, Flintstones vitamins, and I'm okay now. <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> Did you, do you remember those, like, creamsicle pops that were Flintstones? Yes. They yes, sold, yes, they, yes, yes, yes. They sold them in, like, the cafeteria. They, they had them at my college. I remember they had them at, like, the late night fast food place at my college the push pops because mm-hmm. i went back and forth between them being um flintstones and scooby-doo mm-hmm. i don't know i don't think it's either of them right now if it's one of them i think it's scooby-doo but i don't think it's either at the moment but yeah and those were good it push them up and like the syrup get like all sticky on your hands ah oh, boy there's been a lot Man. of flintstones themed foods yeah, I guess something about the Flintstones makes. People, <laughs> what is like, it about the Flintstones? Yeah, like the easy solution would be like, oh, we'll just slap them on like slap them on like local ribs, like you do with Donald Duck and orange juice, because people think about the Flintstones, think about that giant rack of ribs that knocks the car That's over. True. But I guess it's a whole thing of like, well, when I think Flintstones, I think of domesticated cows and processes that make cereal and scientifically developed vitamins to make sure kids have their nutrients. You know, just like in the Stone Age. <laughs> I think of bowling. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember? We need to to get back on topic of talking about food and not just the Flintstones. Just the Flintstones. Flintstones food. (laughs) This is Flintstones cast. That's a whole genre of food altogether. It's just Flintstones food. It's like the paleo diet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Okay. You loved the Zonkers things. I do love the Zonkers. In cereal. Let it be known. Let it be known. Call me, call me late for dinner, but don't call me hate zonkers. <laughs> I don't hate zonkers. I love them. What other great snacks do you like? Um, other great snacks. Well, I mean, on on the other side of the spectrum, from something that's probably awful for my teeth and my insides. Um, I actually am a huge fan of just a uh, regular tortilla chips. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Like a, a nice bowl of and nachos. Like, well, <laughs> nachos are like a step up, but nachos are what you eat when you want to get like hot and nasty and just feel gross for an hour because that's what nachos do to you 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 feel the way nachos look after you eat them like, in, in high school at some point i just kind of discovered that uh tortilla chips for me like a bowl of tortilla chips and water which is the most ned flanders thing in the world was just the best like brain food for me like i used to eat, i always had like a big bowl of a. Uh, tortilla chips whenever I had to do like, like chemistry plain. and yeah well I like the restaurant style because I like how they have this like one side's extremely salted 
So I you know can what kinda, you mean. You can kind of strategically eat them and be like, okay, I'm going to eat like two salted sides to kind of get the salt going, but then I'll, I'll have a non-salted side to balance that out so I don't yeah. make my tongue go I feel numb. like the, tor- the restaurant-style ones are a little like crispier too. I think so. I think... Like I, thinner? I think that's the hook of it because if... I guess the idea of restaurant style is either they're supposed to be in the style of like really cheap chips that a restaurant would buy from a company mm-hmm. somewhere, or they're supposed to taste like homemade ones, which are essentially just like a tortilla cut to mm-hmm. six, deep fried and then covered in salt. I love the ones that are really thin, like almost like when they've been fried, mm-hmm. like they become transparent from the oil. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking no, about? I know what you're talking about. Those are those, I like those ones. I don't like. Or I don't dislike, but I don't love the ones that are like huge and thick and fat. I, I appreciate when I can fit the whole chip in my mouth at once. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess the big ones are supposed to be more dip friendly, so that's, your fingers I mean, are as far true. away or from like the dip as possible. Or like nacho friendly. Yeah. You want them to stand up to a to a top. Yeah, they they, they scoop. Dip. They scoop really well. Yeah. Which let it also be known. I'm pointing at the microphone, which means I'm pointing at you, listeners. I cannot stand those scoop chips. Those are the worst things on earth. I. The worst things the, on earth. They're the worst things on earth. It's it's like if somebody decided to like break a mean vase and then they couldn't put it all together and they said, let's just kind of put it on the table and maybe someone will eat it. And they just did that for a whole bag of chips and that's Scoops chips. Like, have you tried? I don't mind them. Wait, are these? It's the ones that are shaped like a bowl so they hold a bunch of the stuff. They oh yeah, have... no, those aren't great. Yeah, like I don't know how you're supposed to eat those without those actually Those would be fine with... If it's like you're making a bunch of little appetizers for a party, I guess that could. And be you cute. put a little bit of salsa in, especially it or if you let them get a little soggy, because I don't know. I mean, on the in the same family as cereal, <laughs> the goal is to get the chips soggy. To get well, to get the chip in my mouth and not cut my mouth up in yeah. the process. I do like the scoops, Fritos. I think that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. Where they're like the really big Fritos. I like to put those in a bowl of chili. Those are good. Oh, yeah, that's always a really big thing. The whole having a uh, chilies on fritos i've never been a huge fan of fritos i've never really dipped my toes to the chili frito territory we my mom always made cornbread but if she didn't feel like making cornbread she would just buy fritos so it was fritos or homemade delicious cast iron skillet cornbread mm-hmm. and either was fine <laughs> they're both good did she ever make like that frito pie thing or whatever no i've never had that i don't think or maybe i have it like a party mm-hmm. but uh she never made that uh, yeah, that's always really big though. for people not a Frito fan. Nah, but tortilla chips. I definitely am a tortilla chip guy. Um, I mean, in they're recent... so similar though. One of them's they're both corn. <laughs> they're both corn I mean, chips. One tastes very clean. One's a triangle. And the other and one kind of a... smells like feet. So it's not. They're not exactly equivalent. I don't think that they smell like feet. But I have. I had a dog when I was in middle school and high school whose feet smelled like corn chips. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that corn chips smell like feet. Or did you say that feet smell like corn yes, chips? I Are you one of those people? Oh god. What other snacks do you like? Let me think about that for a split second. So I like screaming those lockers. Those are nice and sweet. I love tortilla chips. Those are nice and uh. Nice and sweet and salty. Do you um, like them with lime on them? Yeah, I do. I've actually been coming around to those a bit more lately. Um, in college, I worked at a Qdoba for a while, mm-hmm. and um, that's the and, Mexican grill. It's it's like a it's it's Mexican grill, but it's more of like a, it's a Tex-Mex thing. Not as much as Chipotle is, but mm-hmm. um, Qdoba very liberally uses lime and cilantro and a lot of the. So just like things. Chipotle. <laughs> well, Chipotle doesn't use as much like lime and cilantro. Like it's definitely there is it's a component of those things, but the, the stuff at Chipotle tends to be a little bit more more grilly. Like I, I didn't work at Chipotle, so I couldn't tell you what they do with their food, but the stuff at Qdoba definitely tastes lighter. 
they said with Chipotle, and like they made a point of telling us that one of the things that separates Qdoba from Chipotle or a lot of other places is that like so like cilantro and lime, and I think also jalapeno. Like those uh-huh. three ingredients are like their their signature ingredients that you'll find across a lot of their uh, a lot of their uh, foods and components. So when you eat at Qdoba and stuff tastes like very very fruity and very fresh. What you're tasting is the mixture of the lime and the cilantro. And the so if jalapeno. you don't like cilantro, you shouldn't go to. Chipotle. Oh God, no! Because yeah. no. you can it's, you can it's get away. Everything. You can get away with going to Chipotle if you don't like cilantro. Yeah, but cilantro is literally like an everything at Qdoba. Hmm. Yeah. But you you started liking the lime on the chips from that. Yeah, that kind of really turned me on to it. Just eating the chips there and everything else there has lime in it, and I really came around to to lime as a food accent. So I started eating the tortilla chips you can get with lime on them too at home too but you tried blue apron recently right yes i did something that i learned from that this isn't sponsored by blue apron um something i learned from blue apron was adding a little bit of citrus to everything Mm -hmm. really enhances the flavors oh yeah if you put a little citrus on like your uh on like your veggies i think it really helps to kind yeah. of fresh them up or even just in up. your sauces mm-hmm. it's just like because i always hear like on cookie shows they're like oh it needs a little bit of citrus it needs a little bit of this and i was always like i don't know what that means i don't i don't know mm-hmm. about that and then i everything from blue apron calls for citrus and i was like oh i understand now i, think, I am a believer i think you actually can achieve the same thing with cilantro as well which might be why kidoba uses a lot of lime and citrus is to make sure that things that might not be super fresh which i assure you they're very on top of making sure stuff doesn't time out and temp out and stuff <laughs> we are but, sponsored by kidoba but like uh i'm pretty sure they might just actually use a lot of lime and cilantro because it you can add it to pretty much anything and it mm-hmm. makes it taste fresh do you like any f- snacks like like trail mix um nuts well, really nice. i can't eat nuts i can't That's eat peanuts right. i am allergic so You're i allergic to so that. i i can't eat traditional trail mix or gorp as the kids gorp. call it no, yeah, that's what we call um, it in girl scouts gorp i did figure out my own sort of variant on a trail mix um what i do is i take hyena cheerios um but you could have honey nut Cheerios. Well, that's all. It's a whole other side. That's almonds. I don't believe I'm allergic to almonds. I've been told they're in the same family as peaches, which would make a lot of sense. So I'm pretty sure I can eat almonds. It's so interesting too because uh, my friend Katie is allergic to almonds and peaches, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm pretty sure she can do some other nuts. Like she's fine. That might be why then, since like that's that might not be a nut, so she might not have an allergic reaction to it, since it's not like a tree nut or any sort of nut at that. But uh, my homemade trail mix recipe, easy to do. It's honey nut Cheerios. Um, I think I usually try to go for baking M and M's because they tend to be softer than regular M and M's. But you can use regular M and M's too. I didn't know they were baking M and M's. Um, you know what I'm talking about? It's the smaller M and M's. Like, you know how, like, regular, like regular M&M's are probably, like, the size of, like, the thumbnail of your pinky, and uh-huh. then they make baking M&M's that are about half that size? Like, so many M&M's. Kind the of. The ones that I, are in those they little might, plastic They tubes. might actually be the same thing, but you can buy M&M's specifically for baking, and they're small like that. I have never seen If you this. eat, like, a handful of them, like, you know how you kind of have to, like, chew up M&M's to start eating them? Yes, like, I don't c- like that. You, I don't like M&M's. You could mash up baking M&M's in your mouth with just your tongue. Like, they're actually softer than regular M&M's. Okay, I need to look into this, because I... In the cookie episode with Sarah McHenry, we talk about how neither of us likes M&M's and cookies. Mm-hmm. We think it's 
not great. Um, I don't like candy in my cookies. But now we are like talking about these soft shell M&Ms and I'm like, that sounds good though. That, that really might make good. All, that might make because all the difference. I don't like shell. I don't like a hard thing in my cookie. Oh God, I don't either. Mm. Yeah, that's, oh man, I would just eat a soft shell M&M. Yeah, like I want the shell to like disintegrate in my mouth. Which they do over time, but I want it to be instantaneous. Yeah, I used to eat, I used to eat baking M&Ms all the time when I was younger just because they were easier to eat than regular M&Ms. They used to sell those tubes, or they probably still do. No, they, the, the, the mini M&Ms? The mini M&M tubes. Yeah, they still sell them. And you just like knock that whole thing back and <laughs> yeah. get all of it in your mouth and it's like this disgusting... I'm surprised some child has not choked to death on one of those things yet. <laughs> it's just this disgusting wet rainbow mm. of chocolate and sh- melted sugar in like your mouth. And any candy for which you have to put your mouth in the container in which it comes, it's just a recipe for disaster do you remember ring pops too i like i i do not i don't like my hands getting sticky if, <laughs> if you ever are eating with me pay attention to the way I eat very carefully and i eat in a way as such that my nope, hands no stay stickiness. as clean as possible especially if sticky stuff is around ring pops were just a nightmare because i think i tried eating when i was a kid and i got like they do all over 30 everything. seconds in and i was like i can't do this yeah oh or those this. necklaces that are made of little sweethearts or whatever like oh little, like, like on parks and rec when a uh, chris pratt just yes. eats it and pulls the yes, string up. it's like a string with candy on it <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah i was super into this, probably because i was you know i was a little girl and i love jewelry and all that but I have very, very fond memories of my eighth birthday where I was wearing a green dress with dinosaurs on it. Mm-hmm. And not like cartoon dinosaurs, like, like, scientific, the real deal. like scientific illustration mm-hmm. dinosaurs that my mom made me. And I remember having ring pops on. It's just a very positive memory. And I I know you can still buy them. as an, I, I know I could just go buy ring pops, mm-hmm. but like... That feels sacrilegious. Like, I feel like I need to have earned like, that I, ring I feel pop. nobody buys a ring pop. They're just given to you. Like, you like, get them at, like, the, uh, when you're at an arcade. Yeah. And you turn in your tickets. It's like, the rings work under the same rules as a green lantern ring. You don't, you don't take up the mantle. The mantle takes up you. <laughs> Favorite candies. Favorite candies. Now that, okay. now that we're talking um, about candy. One that went away and luckily came back. Um, I absolutely adore... Crispy M and M's. Those are the those are my favorite. Oh, yeah, M&Ms. I know a lot of people who like. Yeah, those. I love those. And the weird thing is, is like for a split second, I started going through like a Bearstein Bearstein thing with it, where I tell people about crispy M and M's. I was like, crispy M and M's were so good, and nobody remembers them. And I'm like, hold up, crispy M and M's were around as recently as three or four years ago. You should, you're old enough to have remembered crispy M&M's were a thing because they came in a blue bag and that's what the orange M&M is because he's always nervous. I'm like, well, I thought it was a pretzel M&M and it's like, that's a recent thing. Which pretzel M&M's are, they're, they're hit or miss, but they're I not crispy I think that's what I've heard. The crispy ones are much better than the pretzel ones. They, um, they, they, the, the bigger M&M's, like the pretzel ones, they give them the thick shells like um, peanut M&M's have, so you would hate that. The crispy I ones... I don't mind a peanut M&M. Then you might, For like... For some reason, I'm okay with that Then you one. might like pretzel M&M's, because I, I think, I, having not eaten a peanut M&M, I would assume it's the closest thing oh, to yeah, it without it being a peanut. Yeah. But, uh, no, the crispy ones are good. And the funny thing is, is that they're in every other country but America, because, uh... I know people famously used to uh, buy them off Amazon all the time because they still sold them in Australia. So people would just mm-hmm. order in bags, giant bags of the Australian crispy M&Ms. And uh, I actually found them again when I was in Japan some years back. I was in a Toys R Us and they had uh, crispy M&Ms and I started freaking out because I, first of all, I was happy to see them. And secondly, it was just nice to know I wasn't crazy to know that crispy M&Ms <laughs> Like I knew it existed. Exist. I love peanut butter M&Ms. Mm-hmm. And I know which you can't have. My friend Anthony Clark, uh, every time we go on a road trip, which is usually to a comic convention, mm-hmm. uh, he would always buy peanut butter M&M's. So now, like, 
anytime I'm hanging out with Anthony, I'm like, peanut butter and M's. Peanut butter and M's. And also Cheez-Its. We always have Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its oh and gosh. peanut butter Cheez-Its are so good. The jam, too, with Cheez-Its. You want to get that, uh, what is it? The Italian four cheese Cheez-Its? I do not like powder on my Cheez-Its. That's the, that's the only thing about them. They're the one Cheez-Its that taste the most like actual cheese, but they will, they will mess your hands up. They will mess your hands up because they are just covered. I was eating a box of those and I found a ball of that powdered stuff <laughs> and I was like, oh, is this like cheese? That is not like cheese. Let me, that is just a ball of salt. Do not <laughs> eat, if you find one of those chunks in your four cheese Cheez-Its, do not eat that it's chunk. It's just salt. It is just salt. Uh, my favorite Cheez-Its are the extra toasty ones. Yeah, I was I, that really kind of surprised me. I didn't know that was a thing that people really favored so much that they made a whole flavor out of it. Yeah, I have known several people who were like, oh yeah, the best Cheez-Its are like the little bur- the ones that are slightly burnt. Hmm. And like those are the best ones out of the box. So if you have a box that's just slightly burnt. I mean, they're good like, though. They got a really nice roasty flavor to them. Yeah, I love those. And then I love the, I, don't, I like the original obviously, mm-hmm. but the big original where they're like oh the ones where they're just the bigger they're ones. humongous mm-hmm. yeah those are real i like those a lot too i actually like those more than the regular original so it's like if i had to pick then it would be like i love extra toasty mm. and then the big cheez-its extra to- and then i like the ones that are like the little scrabble tiles because those are cute extra toasty is good um the colby jack ones are ones that i've gotten into recently too because those also taste like real cheese but they they have less of the powder on them, so if you're looking for the real cheese-tasting che- ones, those are a good one to pick up. I just don't like powder on the cheese things. It's the same thing with goldfish, uh, oh, where well, I've Goldfish been... are normal, but the flavor-blasted ones, the ones with the dust on them. I do not like those. I, I don't... know. I just, I just had a... I just had a... I have a bag of those at home right now. I'll just eat a couple once in a while, and they just taste like garlic. They, they yeah. It's too much flavor. Yeah, it's, it's their flavor-blasted. It's like, you shouldn't have blasted this this thing. It's it's too much. You, you looked at the goldfish, and you asked yourself... You said, you said we, 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 we can blast these goldfish, but you, you didn't stop to ask <laughs> if you should. It's like... Because I remember I bought the flavor-blasted goldfish that were extreme cheese... Or extreme cheddar. Yeah, sorry. I just gotta extreme go for that cheddar. pizza, dog. When yeah. pizza's an option, oh. always pick pizza. I eat, and we, after this, we're gonna talk about my favorite junk food All snack. Right. Um, my ultimate. But I got them because I was like, oh, these are just gonna be super cheddary. And then when I opened them and they were like a cheddar powder, I like almost cried. Because I was like, this is the opposite of what I wanted. I just wanted like extra cheddary, plain goldfish. Um, I will say that the uh, the cheddar rockets from Trader Joe's mm-hmm. are exceptional. Like they're very good. Like they're probably my favorite over. Trader Joe's does very good junk food because first they of all, do. their junk food is a little less junky for you. Yeah. And also, like, you know, sometimes when there's like the store brand or the healthy brands, you eat it and it's like, I mean, it's good, but it's not the thing. Yeah. Trader Joe's is always pretty spot on with their stuff. They get it really right. Yeah, they do. Um, I love their Cheddar Rockets because they have these little indentations on the side. Mm. Where, like, if you're a weirdo like me, you eat the little indentations off, which are, like, I the was, little sides of I the was, I, was the, I was that guy. I'm the kid who was, like, he would eat the, the arms, then the legs, then the head, then the body of the gingerbread man. <laughs> yes. I was that kid every yeah. time. I want to eat the little indentations parts off, and then I eat the rest of the cracker. And they're so small that it's really satisfying if you can nibble the little the little. Oh, no, I know what off. you're talking about. I actually did that with chessmen. I do that with yes, chessmen. Yes. I eat out the shapes, then I eat the <laughs> shapes. <laughs> yes. That's also... 
also why I love the Scrabble tile Cheez-Its because they have a like, little shape in them. Are those just like line thick They letters? are, but then they kind of shatter when you bite into them along that line mm. and I find that very, very satisfying. Um, but yes, I love things that are like like uh, animal crackers. Um, anything that's a shape that you can bite into mm. pieces is so good. But my ultimate favorite snack that's like horrible for you is combos. <laughs> Never had a combo. You've in my never life. had combo. All I remember is just always reading like Disney Adventures and Nickelodeon magazine as a kid, and they'd have these ads for combos, and it was like those horrible '90s ads where it's like these like oil paintings of kids. They're disgusting. And like they've got like those wrinkly chins, and their lips are like, mm. <laughs> and it's it, they always grossed me out. And I always had those combos, and I was like, I don't even know what that snack would taste like, and I want They're no part horrible, of this. They're horrible, but I. Okay, so in college, there was a vending machine in the arts building where mm-hmm. most of my classes were. And one of the cheapest things in the vending machine was a little bag of combos. So I would buy those a lot because it was like I didn't have time between classes or, you know, it was I was there really late and like mm-hmm. everything was shut down already. Like it was like 2 a.m. and I'm like, okay, well, I'll get a thing of combos because... Like, in my head, I was like, well, it's, like, bread and cheese, so it's, like, it's better than a chocolate bar. It's like, those are part of the food pyramid, yeah. right? Bread and cheese. <laughs> bread and cheese. Dairy and carbs. You're brown and you're yellow. Yeah. It's on, the, it's on the food pyramid. This is fine. It's better than a candy bar. I got them kind of, not, like, ironically, mm-hmm. but, you know, I was like, yeah, this is not the worst thing. But... Then I screwed to I grew to love them legitimately, and now I love to get them for road trips. The best flavors I love the the crackers with cheddar, mm-hmm. and I love the pretzels with cheddar, and the pizza ones, but not the pepperoni pizza. I like the cheese pizza, and then they also have a buffalo wing one with blue cheese, Man. and it is really good. You had me tell blue cheese. I'm skeptical, it, but it can still not, be good. It's not strong blue cheese. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mostly the buffalo wing. I have a feeling flavor. that you're giving me like, if we ever end up going on a road trip, you're giving me a sneak peek at what I'll be eating on the road. Yes. I I have, I have some very specific road trip snacking uh, superstitions, maybe. It's <laughs> like, if I don't have this, something horrible is going to happen. Um, but yeah, combos. And I know... I know they're horrible for you. And they have like that weird powdery cheese spread on the inside, mm-hmm. you know? Like that's on like Like the... the ones that are like in the Ritz Bits? Yes. Yeah, exactly that's like the jam. That. Remember that commercial for Ritz Bits where they're on the moon and they're like jumping into the craters of the moon and when they do it, they leave like an indentation in the shape of the Ritz and they're all just doing it and the moon's filled with these holes. I don't remember this at I all. I don't know. That's like ingrained in my brain and it makes me happy to think about the way that commercial looks. <laughs> I remember the Teddy Graham commercial where there's like a little bear is on the rim of a, a glass of milk and then and they then fall what, in. Doesn't, I forget, were they having fun and swimming or were they drowning? What happened? I, well, I, I, I have a feeling that their marketing department wouldn't, wouldn't like it if they were drowning. I think they were probably having fun and swimming. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> They're that, like, we want you to eat us. What are some other good snacks? Uh, Jeez. I mean, pizza rolls were always a winner in my book. Oh, I do like a pizza roll. Like, pizza roll. Like, you want to talk, like, the hottest, like nastiest, oiliest snack you can have. Pizza rolls, like... I remember the first time I, my boyfriend is Canadian. They don't have pizza rolls in Canada. Or mm. maybe they do, and he just never had them. They call them pizza crisps. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I, they were horrible. He's like, I hate these. <laughs> but then we couldn't stop eating them. Exactly. It's, oh, a, it's, it's a food that just automatically just warps you back to being a kid in fourth grade on a Friday night playing the game you rented and you needed a hot snack and that's what mom brought you. It just takes you back to that. Even if you didn't eat pizza rolls as a kid, it just makes you feel like that. Yeah, and they're like so weird because like they're like the 
the outside is like a wonton almost. Yeah. It's like a weird thing. It is weird. It's not like bready. pizza crust. It's actually like a deep fried dough. Yeah, it's much closer to like a like a wonton or like now, a dumpling. Have you had the new stuffed nachos that Totino's makes? Yes, those are good. Those are Wait. I, they're triangles. Yes, I have had those. Um, those actually might beat out any pizza roll I've ever had. I actually do really like those. Those, those are, are good. Really good. Um, have you had the Doritos thing that's very similar? It's like God, a no. triangle. God, oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, man. They're real good. <laughs> They're remember, really I remember, good. I remember when they had those, and the only place you could buy them was from 7-Eleven. Yep. And I watched my friend eat one, and he bit into it. And I just... Those I just, are really good. Nope. I don't I don't mess with food at 7-Eleven. I just don't. I don't... I don't... I went, I went several years where I, I refused to eat anything like that kind of thing. Like, I didn't mm -hmm. eat combos. I didn't eat anything that was, like, junky like that because I was eating, like, really, really healthy. And, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I should, like, go back on that. But, like, it's not like I'm eating. I don't eat the Doritos. Yeah, if you're not eating that stuff it's okay. regular, it's, a, it's an okay sometimes if you're If you're unfamiliar with these Doritos things, it's a lot like the Mac and Cheetos, where, but it's, like, cheddar cheese in the shape of a triangle and then like breaded in Dorito crumbs. It's like molten then, like, cheese inside too. Yeah, it's like it? molten yeah. cheese, and they're so good. They made me feel like garbage after eating them, but they were so good. Okay. I didn't get a chance to try the mac and Cheetos, and I regret it to this I, day. I went to Burger King, and I I hadn't had a chance to get them. And the day I had some time for work, I said I'm gonna get some fried Cheetos, deep fried Cheetos, mac and Cheetos. That's what it is. I'm getting some mac and Cheetos. And I got to the line, and I walked up to it, and the dude said, "Sorry, little man. This was the last. Yesterday was the last day we had them. They're gone now. <laughs> I never got to try them, and I really I wanted to." I didn't either. I they were definitely still serving them when I went to the Burger King to try them, and I, I drove to the Burger King. I checked. They had the sign for them in the window. Yeah. Like a big a big decal in the window to for tease them. Tease us. Just to tease me. I get. I go through the drive through, and I'm like, "Can I have mac and Cheetos?" And they're like, "Oh." We don't carry those. And I was like, what do, you, what do you mean? There's a sign for it in the window. And he's like, yeah, we just never got them. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, this is false advertising? I hope they bring them back. Like, they're, they're big. Places are big on bringing back things that create a buzz. You know, it's, that, yeah. it's, it's the McRib theorem, you know? Like, yeah. You, you could have it all year round, but if you did, people wouldn't It's like care. McDonald's breakfast. Exactly. It's like you can't get it all day long. I mean, you can now. You, well, only some items. Only some items. Really? I've yeah, it's not. It's the not the thing. whole menu. It's it's just a couple. You get like a hash brown all day long. Yeah. But can you get, get a McGriddle all day long? I don't know if you can you get a McGriddle. Yeah, I remember because at my last job, I remember I was talking to my manager and I just was like, man, I could I could put away a sausage biscuit from McDonald's and you said go get me a McGriddle while you're at it and they didn't have McGriddles and I just had to come back with a second biscuit for her. Oh, was, I love McGriddles. Yeah. I love that play of savor and sweet. I really love a McGriddle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a McGriddle. My. My boyfriend's probably listening right now and being like, it's McGriddle. The plural of McGriddle is McGriddle. It's not McGriddle. It's McGriddle. McGriddle. Um, when you have like those really cool fast food snacks, do you ever try to replicate them back at home? You know, that's a good idea. You've never done that? I'm trying to think. Like, I know the one time I did that and it turned out much better. Um, do you happen to remember a little something called the double down sandwich? Yes, and I had one. Yes, for um, for the listeners who don't remember, but I think the, they had the grilled down, one, not the fried one. It's like KFC had this brilliant idea where they said, "What if we made a sandwich?" But 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 Colonel, you already serve sandwiches. The end. Let me finish. What if we made a sandwich, but instead of bread, there was meat, <laughs> and where there was once meat, there will also be meat and a little bit of cheese, and it was 
this is an idea that swept the nation. Like, people were talking well, it, about it. Because it was low down. carb. Well, well, people were baffled. <laughs> and was like, are they really going to make a sandwich with two meats for buns? And I, I had one. My friend got one in high school. And I remember trying it. And the, the cheese sauce inside was just so ghastly that I just, I, I couldn't do it. It just, it was an experience. I remember my mom trip. and I split one. Because I think we, my mom might have been on a low carb diet or something. Mm-hmm. We were on, one of us or both of us were on a diet. And we were like, well, we probably really shouldn't have this, but it's low carb. We were like making excuses and we're like, well, if we split it. But then it's still like, I ate one and a half pieces of chicken. Yeah, <laughs> it's still a lot of chicken in that weird, it was, a, it was a kernel secret sauce. That's what it was. My God, what a sandwich. It was awful. But me and my friends were enamored with the idea. And we actually spent one weekend just combining a number of foods to figure out the best kind of double down sandwich. And let me tell you, the double down you make yourself is truly the best one of all. Like not a <laughs> single one of those was bad. I think um, I think we ultimately found that making a double down with a pizza for bread was the, you got the best results that way. You're just using pizza for bread. It's just pizza and pizza. Like we literally, it was really scientific. We just had like a whole day. We just, we like microwaved like a bunch of like frozen chicken patties and we made burgers and we had slices of pizza and we just kind of kept combining everything in different ways and putting different things in the middle to see what tasted good. And I mean, a pizza it. on top of a pizza is just like. That's a calzone. Yeah. Right. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was going to say. Uh, back to the macaroni and cheese inside mm-hmm. of a, you know, like a, a mac and cheetos. Um, White Castle makes these little fried macaroni and cheese triangles. Yeah, I see that's it's a big just thing that's been up. Yeah. But they're good. They're I good. Had, I haven't had fried mac and cheese yet, but I've been seeing it on more and more like appetizer lists, like especially at bars and stuff. I find that it's, because I love, I mean, you know, I love macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. I make really macaroni and cheese and... And I've had a lot of macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. And most fried macaroni and cheeses are not good. I feel like most of the time, if you take a really good macaroni and cheese and you fry it, you've made it worse. Because there's something that happens to like the, the flavor. So, so because you, you know what I think it is? I think the sauce, that? the good the good roux sauce that mm-hmm. a lot of mac and cheeses have, I think it breaks down once you fry mm-hmm. it. And it just becomes like weird and so, it, it separates. So are they literally just taking balls of mac and cheese and frying them? Or do you batter them up first? No, well, they definitely batter them up first. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I've, I've not had too many good fried macaroni and cheese. I think the best ones I've had have been like fast food restaurants or like, I don't think you can use a really good mac and cheese for it. I think you mm-hmm. have to like make a mac and cheese knowing you're going to fry it. And therefore making, if you were putting the two mac and cheeses side by side unfried, you'd be like, clearly this is the inferior macaroni and cheese. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is with eating out is like, you, you think taking the fanciest foods or the best ingredients would always yield the best thing, but Sometimes to get that best flavor, you just gotta, you really just gotta lean into the garbage. You just gotta yep. lean into it. I, I think that's, I think that's what it is. You, plus, like, why would you want to fry up a really good macaroni and cheese anyway? Just yeah, eat it. You would just want to eat, eat that. It. Yeah. You're making something bad even better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do you like fried candy bars or fried Oreos? Never had them. Or fried girls cake? Never had them. The craziest thing I probably have had fried or pickles, which I adore a fried pickle. Oh, I pickle, love fried pickles. But I haven't had like the, I haven't had the fried cookies or the Oreos or the candy bars and whatnot. Gosh. I've wanted to try the fried Oreos, and I see you can buy them frozen now, but I don't own a that deep. That seems. It's like I don't own a deep fryer, so I can't fry them myself. Yeah. And I'm not gonna put them in the oven because that's not the same. No, you have to go to a fair. Go to the Indy State Fair because mm-hmm. they have everything there. Uh, that's where I've had a deep fried Oreo and. You might want to watch yourself because you just rhymed. <laughs> deep fried cookie dough which was very very good and deep fried 
uh, Samoas, the Girl Scout cookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were. There I'm were just these, thinking about gooey chocolate. There used to be a ton of uh, diners and restaurants in Richmond that did the fried uh, Oreos and stuff, and mm-hmm. I always meant to try them, and I just never got around to doing it. But you know what? Next time I see one, I might just actually indulge and finally give it a shot. You should. That's that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Post podcast goal is it's to find fried. the fried Oreo. <laughs> yes. I know you're out there, fried Oreo, and I will find you. Especially considering how much you love Oreo O's. I do like Oreo O's, and I do like Oreos, which, man, I could do. A, I could do. A, I could come over a whole other episode and talk about those like crazy flavors. Of oh Oreos no, let's do it right now. Years. Let's do it. All right. What's, I mean, like, what's I could... your favorite non-standard Oreo? Flavor? All right. Well, wait a minute. Give me one second. I'm gonna run through a list of these. Um, and I, except for number one, in no particular order, here are the ones I like. Um, these are pretty standard birthday cake Oreos. Pretty actually good. Um, my one complaint, and this complaint goes for a lot of these special flavored Oreos, unfortunately, is that for some reason they like to put more filling in these special Oreos. They're like double stuffed. It's like it's like stuff and a half. It's more than a regular Oreo, and it's less than double stuffed, but it's enough where the cookie becomes eating the filling more than does the cookie. Because like, I love how the birthday cake Oreo has this sort of mintish flavor, and it's got the sprinkles in it, which kind of give it like a tingly taste. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I remember I used to have like, I had Powerpuff Girl cookies that were like, they were tiny cookies, and they had frosting like that, and they were awesome, but too much frosting, and it kind of ruins it, but birthday cakes are good. Um, the red velvet ones are really good. I kind of wish it was really possible to get Oreos with cream cheese filling as a normal thing, which I guess is what the red velvet ones are, and those have been around for like a year I or two. I don't actually have those ones. Um, they're good. They fall prey to that same thing of a little too much frosting, but the cream cheese frosting is really good. The pumpkin ones are okay. Um, candy corn is surprisingly good, but candy corn is pretty much just honey, so I guess it's just like Oreos with honey. Hmm. When I was a kid, I used to like these coffee Oreos, which oh, they stopped so making, yeah. but in recent years, they started making cookie dough Oreos. Those ones are amazing. Which taste identical they to taste those coffee, like coffee ones. Yeah. That's what those coffee ones those used to ones taste are so like. Good. And they're still vegan, which is amazing. My favorite one that they've absolutely ever made is the crisp rice Oreos, which are basically like Rice Krispie Treat filling. I saw those, but I don't um, know if I ever had them. It's vanilla Oreo. Oh, which on that note too, the inside of Oreos where the end filling is chocolate, those are my jam. Those are actually my favorite Oreos nope. of all. No, they no, taste no, no, like no. yellow cake with chocolate icing, which no. is scientifically speaking the best cake. But <laughs> I would agree that that is scientifically the best cake, it except just... for... A very, 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 very chocolatey cake with a very, 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 very chocolate guys. The kind of cake that you look at and you think about Matilda like the, every yes, time. Yes, the Matilda cake. I was, yep. I like, was about to say that <laughs> and then you finished it. But uh, these Oreos, like the inside was, I don't want to say it was marshmallow, but it had a flavor and a consistency like marshmallow. And then it had like these little tiny Rice Krispies in the frosting. Mm-hmm. So it has, it has the absolute best texture of any Oreo I've ever eaten, like, I've heard those were good. I like Oreos and I can't stand the filling because I, I hate how grainy and sugary it tastes. But this was like eating a cloud. It was amazing. Mm. And that one only was around for a couple of months. In the past year, they did make um, Fruity Crisp Oreos, which are the same thing, but with like Fruity Pebbles instead of Rice crispy. I actually still have a box of those at home right now. It's not opened. Oreos don't last forever, so those might not be good anymore, but I... If, they, if I crack those open and they're still good, I'll definitely make sure that you get some of those. Those are <laughs> those are really... It's the same thing. It's just I Fruity Pebbles instead. I just can't get behind, like, fruity flavors with Oreo. Well, remember, this is uh, this is, this is is the uh, vanilla Oreo, not the chocolate oh, one. Oh, okay. Like the, like the godforsaken Swedish it. fish Oreo. Yes, the Swedish or, fish Oreo. My God. like the I didn't is, try it, but they, I saw they were, it. They weren't even bad, but I ate half of one, and I was like... 
this is enough. I don't need any more of this. <laughs> Which on that note, the worst story I've ever had was the Fruit Punch Oreos. Those, those were terrible too. Those were foul. Those were absolutely abysmal. It's I don't, like, did you make this on a dare? Oh, they must have. Like, I can't imagine. I can't imagine a single like panel of people that had to get past. Like, I t- I took them to my improv group because we went on a camping trip and I brought them because. I bought them and I wasn't eating them. And everybody tried them. They're like, these are awful. And then one guy, he loved them. And I said, if you want to eat that entire box, you'd be doing me a favor. He ate that entire box that night. And <laughs> oh my God, those Oreos were so bad. They're so bad. Yeah, my favorites are the mint ones. Um, Not the mint. The thin mint ones. The thin Oreos. Have you had the thin Oreos? I love the thin Oreos. Because I actually, my perfect Oreo would actually be... The same size cookies with like half the filling. Yes. Oh man! High yes. five! Everyone always that's, likes. That's why I like the thin Oreos because like it's the perfect amount of filling yeah, to cookie ratio. Yeah, I want ratio. more cookie to to filling because they they make the double stuffed and I'm with you where the filled ones with the filling have too much filling. Oh yeah. Although with the mint and the peanut butter ones in particular, I don't mind as much, especially the with the mint one. Well, I mean the peanut. I I don't eat peanut butter, but the peanut butter one kind of makes sense so long that filling still has like a consistency like peanut butter. I exactly, imagine. and I really like the the standard. Oreo mm-hmm. filling, uh, any of the dark chocolate cookie with the um, fruity flavors on the inside. Like there's like a berries and yeah. cream one that I, just sounds... I can't bring myself to eat that raspberry one. I see it, it just, every time at the store, but I, I can't, can't bring myself to get it. And I'm sure I'm like they make them because people buy them and like them, and that's mm-hmm. fine. I just I don't get it. And I'm I'm not a big golden Oreo fan just because I want everything um, to be chocolate. I mean the all the, the time. golden Oreos with vanilla filling or or it's not even vanilla it's just sugar filling. They're very bland because the cookie itself is very flavorful. But seriously, I don't. Ever since they started making more flavored Oreos, they stopped making the chocolate filled ones. But the vanilla Oreos with chocolate fillings that does sound so, good. It's so good. It's literally just yellow cake chocolate icing. The cookie. It's so good. Oh, if they if I ever see those again, I'll have to grab them. Please let me know because I've been looking for them for two years and I haven't seen them since. But I, I love taking the mint. The, I think the mint ones are my ultimate favorite. I love shaking the mint ones and sticking a bunch of them in a big glass of cold milk or mm-hmm. soy milk or, you know, almond milk or whatever. But, like, just the plain flavored milk mm-hmm. and letting them get really soggy and then eating them with a spoon. You ever um, you ever do, uh, what is it, Oreo balls or whatever? Some people call them truffles. Some people call them Oreo balls. Oh, or balls. you puree them with the... Uh, with the uh, cream cheese and stuff. I haven't made that, but that sounds really um, good. They're really... I mean, basically you, basically, you separate the cookie and the icing. I think you save, like, half the icing and you just chop up the cookies you mix it in with cream cheese and some icing. You melt some chocolate. You cover them in chocolate. You put them in the fridge. You let them get to room temperature when you want to eat them, and they're really good. Um, good. If you can make those with mint Oreos, those are really good. Um, my roommate back in college when I was a freshman, he his girlfriend used to make those all the time. And when they started going out, they were always gone because they were probably smooching or something. So <laughs> or pretty something. much freshman year, I was I had my room to myself like ninety percent of the time, and. I had bowls and my roommate didn't. So when his girlfriend would make the Oreo bowl, she'd be like, hey, can we borrow like some of your bowls to store these in? And I was like, yeah, sure. And they'd be like, hey, um, just have a whole bowl of them just for letting us use your stuff. So there would just always be Oreo balls in my mini fridge. So I just spent a lot of freshman year just playing games at like 1 a.m. and just popping these oh, mint Oreo balls. That sounds so good. I'll have to try it that. It was the life. 
All right. Uh, we should probably move on mm-hmm. to other questions. Like I said, I could I could talk about snacks all day. I'm I'm have, like I'm like the tallest on Invader Zim. I just love snacks. Do you have any more snacks that you want to give a shout out to before um, we move on? Let's see. Well, inside out Oreos are really good. Um, Swedish fish are always really good too. I do like a Swedish um, fish, but not a Swedish fish Oreo. I will always go shout out to Skittles. I will say stay away from sour Skittles because that's sour candy done horribly wrong. Uh, Cheez Its are good. Um, Store bought oatmeal cookies, the one with that white frosting on top, and they're really crunchy. It's not like a real oatmeal cookie, but I don't care. Those are really good. Um, <laughs> thin Chips Ahoy are really good too. Jalapeno poppers are always a solid choice too, as are fried pickles and potato wedges. And the, the trashier replaced you can buy potato wedges, the better. This is my last story before we move on, right? And this will be the last thing I can talk about. But that back in the day, me and my buddy, we used to go to this gas station that was down the street from his house. And it was the sleaziest gas station ever. But it had the single greatest potato wedges I've ever had. Like, this place was so sleazy that you open the door and the first thing you see would be, like, this display for... um. Uh, <clears throat> adult movies and the cases were just these blank pieces of paper and they simply just said black white asian oh no it was the trashiest sleaziest place i've ever been in my life but my god were those the like a box of potato wedges and a glass of pineapple soda that was my heaven right there Mm. i still wonder if that place still has those potato wedges and also that adult entertainment but (laughs) I guess time will only tell. Pineapple soda sounds really good. You never had it? No. You have to get a Haritos. That's the way to go. Oh, it sounds really good. I love pineapple. What is your weekly food obsession? My weekly food obsession. Well, my obsession this week, I'm going to have to say it probably was that um, that Korean barbecue that I had. I mean, uh, I picked up some marinade off the closeout rack a few weeks ago, and I kept waiting for a good opportunity to sit down and mm-hmm. make some food with it because... Um, you know, sometimes doing stuff with me, like, you either got to plan ahead for it or be ready to do it that night, because you're either making it fresh or you're freezing it, so mm-hmm. I was just waiting for a good night when I could just stop and get some meat and make some food and take mm-hmm. that for lunch for a couple of days, and fortunately, one of the grocery stores around here, Mariano's, they they, they have uh, meat cut in different ways already for different types of recipes, so, like, they have, like, big cuts for stew or, like, strips for uh, stir-fry and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just got the chopped suey because it was chopped into, like, tiny squares, but... Yeah, I, I used um, I believe I used a bulgogi sauce. I might be saying that wrong. I apologize <laughs> if I am, but it was bulgogi sauce. I let it marinate. Like I said, threw some veggies in there, fried it up with some rice. Um, green peppers, onions. Uh, I did put some cilantro and some garlic in there as that well. Good. Um, if I made this again, I would probably add some cabbage and carrots too. I think I would probably mm. just go more all out on the stir fry. Maybe yeah. even a red pepper as well. But um, what I did do worked out pretty nicely, and I. For something that I improvised and put together, I was a lot happier with it than I thought. And Did you have of... it with like rice or anything? Oh yeah, I, I got some like I got some sushi grade rice because I kind of like how when you cook it, it tends to stay um, stickier yeah, than long grain like rice, rice does. So like when you when you have foods that you put on rice but you're not using it like a gravy, like like a curry or something, mm-hmm. I always like to use that kind of rice just since it, it it sticks together and it all stays on the mm-hmm. fork in one place when you take a bite of it. Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Do you really like Korean? Barbecue? Um, no, yeah, I, I adore Korean barbecue. I mean, I, I really like Korean cuisine as well as uh, Japanese cuisine, and both of them have like, like their own different styles of like grilled and barbecue foods. Korean barbecue is always good, but Japanese is good too. I'm a big fan of like teriyaki and like a, a lot of the other like di- especially dishes you can get, you know, like the octopus or like mm-hmm. eel and stuff and different types of noodles. I'm a big udon fan too, but 
Yeah, I mean, any 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 sort of, like, honestly, any sort of barbecue I'm super down with. Like, mm-hmm. any style I'll always eat. Cool. Do you like it super, do you like it more smoky and sweet, or do you prefer it really spicy? I mean, I can always eat anything Oops. spicy. I guess a little bit smoky is fine by me. Yeah, I like smoky. I, I like, I like something tasting like it came right off the grill. If that's what smoky means to somebody, then I, I definitely would say so, like, I'm, 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 I'm the opposite of Hank Hill. I, I enjoy kind of tasting, like, the charcoal in there. Like, getting, getting a little bit of, like, grit in there. Like, yeah. I love it... things to be burnt. Mm-hmm. I love a completely burnt marshmallow. Yeah, I'm sure there's just, like, somebody listening to this who just thinks we probably have, like, the most garbage tastes <laughs> in food. On my last episode, I was talking to a vegan, so we're, it's a very different. <laughs> this must be a huge difference. I'm just, I'm just eating all the things made out of all the bones. Yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. Uh, what is a food or foods that you cannot live without? Um, a food or foods I cannot live without? Um, I do like a lot of fruits. Um, I think I'd have a hard time living without either either bananas or strawberry, but if I knew I was going somewhere for a long time and I wanted to make sure that I'd always be happy, I probably would take gummy worms with me. Ooh. Something about them, like on a chemical level, makes me like happy. Like, uh-huh. I just distinctly remember one day coming home like super depressed, and I had a bag of gummy worms, and I just put like a fistful of them in my mouth, and then I felt really happy. And then I stopped, and I thought, "Oh, this isn't good." <laughs> <laughs> so I could I could always eat gummy worms and always be happy. <laughs> yeah, I love the sour gummy worms. Mm-hmm. Like you get like the movie theater. That's that's my road trip food actually. When I gotta go on a long drive, um, I don't drink soda because it goes like right through me. But I will keep gummy worms on me because sour gummy worms. Because one, chewing keeps me kind of like engaged with my mm-hmm. face. Um, they're sweet. Um, there's probably like a sugar rush thing going on, but that's oh, yeah. not what I'm there for. But also like the the sweet tangy citrusiness of it kind of helps keep me like alert at least. Yeah, exactly. So, they're sour, so they keep yeah, you awake. So, like I'll pop it in my mouth like every like thirty minutes when I'm driving on a long trip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is a food or foods that you wish were healthy so you could eat them all the time, but they aren't? Um, you know what? Probably gummy worms. Like <laughs> I understand there's like the vitamin gummies. I've never liked them because while it has the cool texture of gummies, it they they don't really taste very good in my opinion. And at that point, I'm just like I would rather if the whole point of eating them gummy is so that you're not distracted by how unpleasant is to eat these it should still be pleasant i'd rather just eat the regular vitamins but like yeah if there was a way to make a gummy worms with less or a substitute for sugar uh-huh. even if they weren't sweet i'd be okay with that like i am actually super a-okay when snacks that are usually sweet come in non-sweet variants like when i was in japan one of my favorite things to drink was sugarless pepsi it's really good huh. it's just like drinking bubbly coffee it's awesome that sounds really interesting it's great i love it and I that's probably something I'd be into. I'd wish they'd make a sugarless soda in America because every time they say they do that, there's still a sweetener in it. In fact, I think Pepsi just announced another sugarless Pepsi that they're making, and I'm hoping it's genuinely sugarless, and I know it won't be, but I'll still get my hopes up. Yeah, it'll still be sweet. Yeah. It'll just be full of aspartame or something. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, what is a food you want to try eating more of? want to try eating more of? Um... Oh, I mean, honestly, lately I've been getting back into eating uh, Cornish hens. You were, you oh, yeah. Hens. Yeah, my parents yeah. used to cook those a lot. No, my parents used to cook them all the time, too. And then um, I, I talked to my girlfriend about it once, and she didn't know what they were. And she looked up a picture, and she couldn't stop laughing at the idea of a tiny chicken. And we <laughs> got a couple. tiny chicken. They are. And we got a couple, and we baked them, and they came out really good. And um, when I went to the store to get them, there's... In your freezer section of your local grocery store, check it out. There is most likely one freezer that is filled with, like, 
all the weird birds. And I'm, I'm not talking about like crazy, like rich people, high society, like, oh, I want to eat a peacock, mother. <laughs> like none of that stuff. Nothing crazy. But I mean, like you can get like Cornish hens, you can get like turkey year round, you can get like capon and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you can get like, you can get like the old school birds and stuff. Like there's like a section of that in the grocery store. And I, I really want to try and find recipes to have an excuse to like I would like an excuse to go home and bake a capon. I will definitely do that if you can give me a good reason to do that. I get really excited whenever I see quail eggs at the store because mm-hmm. I love the them. tiny eggs. Yeah, I, well, I love them because they're tiny, but also their flavor is really good. Like, it's like a more mild egg flavor, mm-hmm. and they're legitimately good, and I love to just bake them or, like, you can use them any way that you use, you know, chicken eggs, mm-hmm. but I, there's just a novelty to it, and I love that they're small. But it's the same thing with Cornish hens. Like, it's Hens. tiny. Or any of these birds. I'm sure these birds taste like one of like three or four flavors. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I just find it amusing that the birds you would see at always at like a Renaissance fair or a LARP thing or something. It's like you can just get those year round. They're in your frozen section. You can get a <laughs> you can get a weird bird if you want to. That's a really good goal. Like that you want to try eating more of. That's really interesting. Uh, what are your three favorite dishes? I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do a breakfast and a lunch and a dinner. That's what I'm oh, that's do. that's a good that's a good so, yeah do that. So my ideal breakfast meal is a waffle with maple syrup and specifically a glass of orange juice. Um, How I mean, do you like your orange juice? Um, I could do either way. I could do pulp or no pulp. Okay. I could do either way. You're, you're you are impartial. To yeah, I'm I'm not picky. I mean, like if you're gonna squeeze a few oranges, you're gonna get some pulp in there. It's, my, that's just life. I like the super pulpy stuff because uh, when I was a kid, we used to make our own from oranges in our yard because we lived in California when I was really little. Mm-hmm. So fresh squeezed orange juice, super pulpy, and I can't have it any other way. <laughs> anyway, continue. So yeah, so for, for breakfast, waffle, maple syrup, orange juice. The way orange juice pairs with the taste of like a pancake or waffle with syrup is one of my favorite flavors in the entire world and some people so i've met people who think i'm absolutely crazy for thinking that i i can't believe it some people are like wow really it's most like- of my friends would agree with you uh actually at every convention we do we do this thing called breakfast shots mm-hmm. which tastes like mcdonald's breakfast and it's a it's whiskey with butter scotch schnapps mm-hmm. with an orange juice chaser Ooh, i want to try this now and it's it tastes just like orange juice and pancake and maple syrup mm-hmm. like it's spot on so i'm very excited for you to try that at some point because it, so- it sounds to. like you'd be super into i would it. be super into that and would probably drink like one too many shots <laughs> honestly so but i am totally with you there i love the orange juice plus maple syrup combo mm-hmm. too yeah and then for lunch um i'm actually a pretty big sandwich guy i love a good sandwich um i'm not a big fan of like slice like wonder bread style bread but like fresh bakery bread like a sub bread like a like a good sub like a sub or a roll or even like that but from a bakery instead of like just like that really sugary nasty like wonder bread stuff like Mm -hmm. i like a good sandwich that's not on that kind of bread and like my sandwich of choice for that kind of thing would probably be like on on like an italian sub roll um like pastrami and swiss maybe some sauerkraut but if there's no sauerkraut on there i'll be fine and then um on the side with that, um, a small, a small little pile of, um, and this is going to be like a deep cut for you East Coasters out there, if any of y'all are listening, but, uh, some Utz crab chips, like specifically the crab chips, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, I, I'm familiar with Utz. Oh yeah. Yes. The crab chips are really good. Um, it's just their chips and they're covered with, uh, Chesapeake Bay Bay seasoning. So like, mm-hmm. uh, it's probably just like a lot of salt and pepper and like, um, that'd be like what, like cayenne chili peppers, like 
the kind Probably, of season yeah. the kind of season you'd put on on crab in the uh-huh. east coast so like think like boston style boston style so like yeah a pastrami sandwich on swiss on a roll with crab chips it might be a very like putrid dish but i don't care it's very delicious and then for dinner you know what i always wouldn't mind just sitting down with a nice bowl of udon with some chicken or pork preferably pork some udon with pork i want a small glass of like some hot green tea mm-hmm. on the side yeah yeah and a bowl of udon for dinner yeah that's those would be my three ideal meals right there for <laughs> For a full day of eating. <laughs> that sounds really good. So if you had those all in a day, yeah, that'd be like the perfect It's like day. those cereal commercials where it's like part of a perfectly balanced breakfast in which a perfectly balanced breakfast consists of like a bowl of cereal, an orange, an apple, a glass of orange juice, a glass of milk, a muffin, <laughs> two pieces of toast, an egg, bacon, the whole spread. Balanced breakfast right there. <laughs> okay. Uh, what are, I don't usually ask this question, but because you went the meal route with mm-hmm. the dishes, uh, what are your three favorite ingredients? Like, if you add them to anything. Like, you would eat anything? them on anything, um, yeah. Um, as a, as a, as a boy whose entire family is from the South, um, I pretty much put a Tony cashier's, cashier? I don't know, Tony's. I put Tony's seasoning in pretty much every dish mm-hmm. I make. Um, what that is, it's a type of Cajun seasoning. You can buy it, like, literally anywhere. It comes in, like, a green paper cylinder. I've definitely seen it. Yeah, like... It's not the same sort of thing as, like, say, the crab spices. It's a lot spicier than that because crab spices are very salty. These Cajun spices are more spicy, so it's, like, salt, pepper, and then, like, some cayenne, I think, and, like, other chili peppers and mm-hmm. stuff, too. So it's, it's like, salt but spicy. So, like, any recipe in which salt can be used, I'll use it either in place of salt or I'll add it to the dish. So, like, even when I was making that Korean barbecue, I put a dash of that, like, on mm-hmm. the meat as I was cooking it to help give it some more flavor and a little bit more spice you know like it's it, the same thing with like there's people who add cayenne to everything like ex- every single thing exactly it's like that but with a little bit more salt to it mm-hmm. and then um other ingredients huh you see i used to be a big condiment guy as a kid but i don't put condiments on things anymore i guess bread a good bread i could always eat a good bread so like whether it's bread by itself or like a sandwich or bread in like a soup like a french onion soup or something Ooh, yeah. i could always do really good fresh bread always every yeah. time and then um you also can't go wrong with boiled broccoli. With steamed broccoli. Steamed broccoli. Steamed broccoli is always good. I can't think of a single dish in which there were steamed broccoli in which I did not like that there was broccoli You're a broccoli boy. I am a broccoli boy. Do you like boy. a broiled broccoli, like where it gets kind of burnt on the edges? I don't know if I've had it like that. It's really good. If you ever want to do some roast veggie, it would actually probably be very, very good in a stir fry. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were to roast the broccoli uh, so that the edges get a little burnt, mm-hmm. it just... I don't know, it really, yeah, that, that's, the that's bitterness how, really That's amplifies. how I cook Brussels sprouts and I like the way they come out that yes. way. Yes, yeah, I would give it a try and then throw it in with your uh, stir-fry at the end, mm. like with your, your rice and your stir-fried meat. I think you would really like it. Yeah, I might do that next time actually. I was thinking about that. I might actually do that with the next batch of uh, Korean barbecue I whip up. Mm-hmm. All right, what are your three favorite restaurants? My three favorite restaurants? All right. They can be Chicago or they could be back home in Virginia. They could be anything. This is, this Fast is, food. Give me some like real like Mary F. Kill questions here. <laughs> okay. Um, I do like Burger King a little bit more than I thought I would. That might just be because chicken fries are my go-to. Like, um, I want to try those. I haven't had them. They're good. They they're, look good. They're just they're just long chicken tenders with spices on them, but they're good. They're like thin, right? They're they're like. They're the size of a finger. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would qualify that as thin. Not yeah. like a chicken tender that's like the size okay, of a Okay, yeah. They're, they're thin chicken tenders. So that's one. Um, another place I really like, it's a place back in uh, Richmond where I'm from. Um, it was down the street from where I worked. It was a bar I used to go to all the time with my friends. Um, it's a place called Portrait House. 
really weird history to that place too because it used to be a bar and i didn't go to it when it was just a bar because i didn't go to it till i came back from college and apparently when it was like a bar pub style place they had the best bar food ever apparently mm -hmm. but by the time i had gotten there it had merged with um an ethiopian Ooh. place elsewhere in richmond which sounds like it should be cool and the ethiopian food wasn't bad it's just not good bar food but I have very fond memories of that place. Uh -huh. It had really good beer, and the uh, the food was weird enough that I remember it because they had Ethiopian poutine. Ooh, that sounds good, actually. <laughs> Does it though? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like cause it was like fries, and it was like this weird bean paste, and then like like crumbled cheese. So it wasn't like regular poutine. If they had called it something that wasn't poutine, I don't think it would have been as weird as it kind of was. Because it was only weird in that it was like this is nothing at all like real poutine, but. Uh -huh. What it was was still pretty cool, and you know what? Every time I got a beer there, I got a plate of that poutine too. So like, obviously, you I clearly felt, still ate it. <laughs> yeah, I felt something about that poutine. And then um, the only other place I can think of that like was a personal favorite restaurant of mine was um, there's a pizza place outside my house back in uh, back back where I'm from called uh, Pizza Express. They have one of the best uh, cheesesteak subs I've ever had in my life. Mm. And then the town where I went to college. Couldn't find a single good cheesesteak. There was not a, I don't know how it happened. It's a, it was like a major American college, too. Couldn't find a good cheesesteak in that entire dang city. It was really weird. But every time I went home, I always got like a cheesesteak or two or whatever. And I think I got one the day before I left for Chicago because I was like, I'm not getting out of here without having at least one more of those cheesesteaks. I steak promise subs. you can probably find a good cheesesteak oh, in know, Chicago. Oh, I know I can. It just won't be the same as that place. Mm -hmm. Like, they, it was, that was the. Like, the, the meat was so finely chopped, and the cheese was melted, and they toasted the bun, so it was just so nice. And, like, I get, like, jalapenos on there sometimes, mm -hmm. too, for that little extra kick. It's the, the best cheesesteak I've ever had in my life. And, honestly, I'll, I'll be surprised to find a cheesesteak that I love more than that one. Oh, that's so sweet, though. What is a favorite childhood food? Favorite childhood Although we've just spent basically the whole episode yeah, talking about the disgusting things we ate as kids that we still love. Favorite childhood food, huh? Um, that you might not eat now or maybe isn't available anymore. I've only eaten this once as an adult. I used to eat it all the time as a child, though. But um, I did used to like to make like a tiny uh, quote-unquote hamburgers by taking two Nilla wafers and putting a slice of cheese in between them. <laughs> um, it sounds really gross. And I remember in uh, college, I actually got a box of Nilla wafers and like a jar of cheese spread and um everyone of my friends was like what the heck and i was like <laughs> i swear to god you guys this is so good it's so good honestly i would still eat that today it was really i need to good. try that because i i'm kind of like i don't know jc it's the, but also it's the I'm perfect like, marriage of sweet and savory it really really is we'll have to we'll have to try it i'll have i'll have to try it you'll have to take because my I, word on I'm that because i'm kind of into it i'm a little afraid like everybody thought it was crazy and thought it was disgusting but it's like look I, our friend over there is putting cheese whiz on zebra cakes like this is nowhere near as bad you right <laughs> right no God. That that I'm not into. I hope you're listening, Michael. This is what people think of you. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is a favorite childhood food memory? Um, favorite childhood food memory. Hmm. Something that you look back on and you're like, yeah. Any time I got to eat cake and that cake was from Costco with that crazy buttercream filling that they use. Every time I think about like 
going to like an event at like church or like a family's house or a family friend's house or something there's just like a sheet cake and you know when you're a kid it's just like when you're a kid even if you know what's going on like adults don't really like they don't really like acknowledge you're there so you just mm-hmm. kind of get like lost in whatever is there and like I always just kind of remember getting just like lost in like that buttercream filling in the cake, you know. And I remember <laughs> it's always like this is my whole world now. Yeah, I remember always thinking as a child, like I wish there was a way I could just eat this buttercream filling. And as an adult, I was like, that's a very bad idea because I would hate it immediately. Oh. I hope they still use that filling. I really don't know if they do or not. You should swing by a Costco and find out. You should. I was always thinking about swinging by one on the way home. I've never been to one. Really? Yeah. We should go. Let's get some Costco pizza. <laughs> no, Costco pizza is really good. <laughs> Costco's awesome. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, what's a food you didn't like as a kid but you love now? Um, okay, yeah, the big one is um chocolate and mint. I hated chocolate and mint in my younger days. Like together? Like... Yes, I hated the marriage of chocolate and oh, mint. But you liked like, chocolate by itself. I liked chocolate by itself. I was okay on mint. I hated them together. I was pretty convinced that the only reason people would eat like mint chocolate chip ice cream was because they secretly enjoyed eating toothpaste, and that was the only way to get away with it. <laughs> In, like, public. Because it's colored like toothpaste, too. What turned me around to it were the Girl Scout Thin Mints. Oh, um, they so was good. A, there was a point where I just suddenly started liking those, and I just I just got it. And then I really was, I'm really into those Thin Mint Oreos as well, too. Mm-hmm. Th- those are also a perfect mint cookie, too. But, I mean, there's still some chocolate mint combinations that are not it's good. Too, like, it's too much mint. Like Andy's Mints. Oh, God. I love those. That's too, that's too much mint no, for me. No, those that's are my ultimate favorite, I think. Those are so good. And like After Eights and like a York Patty. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love all that. Like, like, I love an Andy's Mint. But like, I love like, I love like a, like Ben and Jerry's Mint Ice Creams. It They're is, really good because yeah. it, it tastes like there's literally just like mint oil, like a hint of mint oil Have in it. you got the, um, the Empowerment I flavor? keep meaning to try that one. I yeah. keep seeing it at the store. It's good. It's really good. It's it's got like little chocolate. I mean, it's chocolate and mint, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's legitimately really good. Yeah, it's like brownie pieces or something, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, it sounds good. That's so interesting. Usually, people are like broccoli or like Brussels sprouts, no, and you're like dessert. I've, I've always liked all vegetables equally as a child and as an adult. Like vegetables were never an issue for me. That's so interesting. Okay, uh, so I think we covered this earlier, but mm-hmm. something that you would like to try to make that you haven't made before. Um. Actually, right now, um, I'm looking at a lot of cheesecake recipes. Never made oh. a cheesecake before. I want to make a cheesecake. Also, you want to make you want to make more tiny birds, and you want to eat cheese. You want to make, make tiny birds, and I want to make big cheesecakes. Yeah, what kind of cheesecake? Just like plain. Um, for my first go round, I'll probably make a plain cheesecake. I might actually go a little crazy, and instead of using a graham cracker crust, I might make like an Oreo crumb yes. crust. Um, what I really want to do, I really want to use those thin Oreos for baking. That was my first thought when I had one of those thin Oreos, was that, my God, one, these have so much less icing than a regular Oreo, so like you don't have to worry about the icing ruining any recipe you're making, and two, they're so much easier to break than a regular Oreo, so mm-hmm. they would be perfect to crush for a recipe. If I can get a regular cheesecake down fine, I'm probably going to try and incorporate those thin Oreos, maybe even the thin mint ones, to make a really cool cheesecake. That would be really good. Uh, it's so funny, because back home, I could always find pre-made Oreo crumbs. Mm-hmm. Like, they just sell them in a bag. But, like, since we moved to Chicago... Is that not a thing here? I haven't been able to find them. Maybe that's just, like, a southern food thing that maybe, people do. Maybe, because, like, I've been able to find, like, Oreo... Like, obviously, I can find Oreos. Mm-hmm. And then I can find... It's like an Oreo pie pre-made yeah, thing. Yeah, like, like the crust in the... It's already in the tin and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. that is... Like, I can find that pre-made. 
And then there's also like another thing that's like they're like Oreo bars. It's like a it's like a powdered mix to make like a cream like pudding bar oh, base or something. I've seen those. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. And that's the only time I can find like the Oreo crumbs like already pre-ground. And it's like mm-hmm. it's not like it's that big of a deal to like buy a thing of Oreos. But I was just so shocked. I was like, why can't I find Oreo crumbs? Yeah. Like, where really, are the Oreo crumbs? You really would think it'd be an easier thing to find, but like why can I find yeah. like everything else but Oreo crumbs? Um, like you can buy like it's like the same way that you can buy pre-ground graham crackers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like good luck finding those. Uh, so you might actually That's be better off just know. buying the thin Oreos. Yeah, I'm probably just gonna end up making my own then, I guess. Yeah, uh, my favorite cheesecake is German chocolate, mm-hmm. which is a graham cracker crust or an Oreo crust, maybe if you want. Uh, and then you add melted chocolate to the cheesecake base, mm-hmm. and then you top it off with coconut shredded coconut uh, mixed with uh, sweetened condensed milk, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and a little bit of corn syrup. I'll try it. I'm not, big on, I'm not big on shredded coconut. No, you don't have to put the topping on it, though. Like, okay. you could just do the, a chocolate cheesecake mm-hmm. with, like, even, like, a chocolate, like, like a darker chocolate on top, and then you, mm-hmm. like, you use, you use, like, a toothpick to swirl it around, you know? Mm-hmm. That would be really pretty and yummy. I'll think about that. Raspberry cheesecake. Oh, Ooh, cheesecake raspberry, is so yeah, good. Yeah, raspberry and chocolate and cheesecake is always yeah, good. That yeah, that sounds good. Even though we don't like the idea of raspberry cream or I mean, there's just some things that you shouldn't put in Oreos, you know. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me on. Like, talking about junk food did not make me feel as trashy as I thought it was going to make me feel. <laughs> I It helps when I also love junk food. Yeah, this would be really weird if you had a very disparaging um, opinion on junk food. <laughs> like, I can't believe you do that. I can't believe you put that in your body. No, this is a very accepting... <laughs> food podcast. Well, I'm happy to hear it. Oh, uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Like, where where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, of course. Like, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can always follow me at um, at Sonic Nine JCT. Yes, that's Sonic like the Hedgehog, <laughs> Nine like the number, and JCT like my initials. That's my middle initial, not my last one. Sonic Nine JCT. You can follow me pretty much literally anywhere under that name. You look it up on Tumblr, Instagram. It's almost always going to be me. Of course, like I've got, I've got comics that I do. I have a web comic that I do, Spooky Date, and um, I have a book I recently put out, uh, Cloak and Dagger. You can buy the book on Amazon. You can read both comics on Tapastic right now. I'm also currently writing for a game that's going to be coming out really soon called um, Eon's Lost. It's going to be a mobile traditional RPG. Um, we should be launching a Kickstarter really soon, so keep an eye out for that. And when mm-hmm. it does, catch Eon's Lost Fever and keep an eye on our project because. Got a lot of really cool artists working on it. We've got another writer on it. Got some cool programmers. We have a prototype right now. It's playing really nice. Keep an eye out for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. That sounds really interesting. Mm -hmm. You can can play it while you eat your favorite snack food. Your gamer (laughs) fuel, as it were. (laughs) Gamer fuel. And I'm your host, Lauren. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at LaurenJ, L-O-R-E-M-J-A-Y. You can actually find me pretty much anywhere with that username. Uh, and my website is laurenjordan.net. Thanks so much for listening to Amuse Bouche podcast and happy eating. Thanks again for listening to Amuse Bouche podcast. The podcast is recorded and edited by me, Lauren Jordan. The intro music is by Christine Tuna. You can follow her on Twitter at Christine Tuna, Christine with a K, Tuna like the fish, or visit her website at ChristineTuna.com. Tuna is spelled T-H-U-N-E.com. The outro music is by Chris Smith, who creates music as Luno. 
You can follow him on Twitter at Lunoland or listen to his music at lunomusic.com. And happy eating! <laughs>